Seminary Day 2020. Has a nice ring to it. Uh, <clears throat> we sent out a team, and they all came back. That's <laughs> uh, it's, uh, one point accomplished. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Emily was meant to be with us this morning. She had a conflict of schedule. Uh, you, you can pray for her. She has, I think, a job interview right at this moment. And, and so uh, may God be pleased to do uh, something special for her there. Um, and uh, so uh, John Park has graciously offered to fill her spot. Uh, he'll be up in a, in a few minutes. Uh, we sent out 13 speakers this year to 14 churches. And uh, some of them were new churches. Some of them were new student speakers. So I'm eager myself to hear what are they going to tell us. Uh, just to give a little help to, uh, to those who haven't done this before, uh, I, I said plan for three and a half minutes. Um, and uh, I didn't bother to say be careful you don't go over. I'm actually eager to tell you don't be too short. <laughs> we want to hear from you. <laughs> And, and so don't think you're helping the cause by saying very little. Uh, take your full three and a half minutes. Uh, and if you lose track, I, I, it is my job. I will help you uh, tell you when you have one minute left. Uh, and, and if for some reason that escapes you, I'll give you one of these. <laughs> and you will sit down immediately. <laughs> uh, or something else will happen. Barry's always waiting to see what is that third thing that's going to happen. <laughs> he hasn't seen it yet. Um, that's because we have uh, wonderfully uh, accomplished speakers who watch their time, uh, both for short and long. And uh, I'm going to get out of their way right now and ask Tim Lenko if he would start us off with his report. It was a privilege to go out. I went to Watrous uh, Baptist Church, which is just an hour southeast of Saskatoon. And funnily enough, it turned out I had been there before when I'd worked at Nipawin teaching the drama team. We had gone to Watrous Baptist Church and taken one of our plays there. So it was very fun to connect with people I had met before. Um, I got to, so first of all, I rode with one of the families from Saskatoon. They picked me up at the airport. Uh, we rode together. We got everything set up at the church. And then um, I spent both Saturday and uh, Sunday nights with one of the widows in the church who still lives on the farm that her and her husband had for, for years. And uh, it was really a treat to spend both evenings with her. And um, she had been anxious about, okay, what are we going to find to talk about? But we never stopped, which is <laughs> both of us are talkers. And uh, yeah, we, I heard a lot about her her, her life, her growing up in the faith, um, and it was good. She, she, she was really, really happy to be able to talk about her husband and be able to talk about um, her kids. Um, and then Sunday morning, preached and helped with music, which was a delight. And then in the afternoon, we also had a lodge service at the, at the, at the lodge, the care home uh, in town, um, because they had a guest speaker, they switched around, which like, they have a rotation of the churches that do it, and so they switched it so that um, we could be at the lodge as well. And at both places, I ran into people who knew my parents and grandparents from back up in the northwest of Saskatchewan. There was one man who was stunned to discover I was a Lenko, <laughs> and he was delighted. And uh, 
so it was fun. We, we exchanged memories about, um, about my grandparents, which was a, a lot of fun. They were very, very grateful. They, they passed on thanks. Thank you for sending, sending someone out there. They were very excited to hear about what's going on here. Very excited to, the pastor um, is 70, early 70s, uh, and he started just in June to fill in um, as an interim. So he, for the last six months or so, has been operating on a pulpit supply kind of basis. They would just pay him weekly, and they, they just hired him. I don't know if you heard about this, Dr. Don. He, they just hired him as the associate pastor. Um, so he is on staff now there. And uh, they're looking for a senior pastor, if anyone uh, is interested. I know. <laughs> they, they, they asked, please send us someone. <laughs> Um, but he was really, really excited to, to be able to sit back and to enjoy uh, someone else preaching. Um, so yeah, they said thank you very, very much. Thank you. So I, I went to Winnipeg and the table shirt, and this is first time to trip to Winnipeg, so I don't know where we located and where I stayed in Winnipeg. I just was there, and I stayed with a pastor. Yeah, I literally don't have any idea. <laughs> I, I thought uh, Winnipeg is not just a little bit bigger than the Cochrane, but it was huge and bigger, you know. <laughs> the pastor was from the Winnipeg, so he told me about all the history of the Winnipeg and how it developed, and you know, it's it's great time there, and one of the things that I really surprised that the church that I speak with, uh, Table Church, it's a number of about 20 people, but they are doing the great work, you know, the missions. They don't, but most of them are, they're multicultural, but it looks like just Caucasian to me because most of them are there from, you know, the Europe, you know, some from Hungary and I don't know others, but they're so kind to me. And when I was preaching, they're kind of there looking at me like, you know, the grandson and just, just <laughs> give the best clap and, you know, that everything after I preach, you know, kind of good experience, you know. <laughs> and the pastor just led me to some meeting with uh, some of the church planter there. One is Arabic church planter, Ibrahim, and I attended one of the, the Sikh congregation Sunday service there in Winnipeg, and I never expect that, you know, they have, a, you know, the Arabic congregation and six in Winnipeg, you know, because I thought it's a small city. And the church, number of 20, I think it, I don't want to say the small church, but the small church is doing the great work of God, you know. Most of their budgets are, I think, I think more than half of their budgets are going to, you know, for the church planters or the, you know, those missionaries and you know, church plants in India, then they built a school in Africa, and so they're doing the great work because most of them are from the, you know, the immigrant background. So they just say that, you know, life is not easy. It's hard. If you want to do, if you want to give more to God, then we work, just work hard. That's what they've been doing for the entire of their life. So th there's so much stuff. Even the pastor himself is by vocationer, and he's work hard. And he worked hard to support the church planters there. Like uh, he, the church now supporting two different groups, one Sikh, one Arabic, and they've been supporting the you know the some Filipinos and other three or four more church planters there because they're so small. So North America, no, Winnipeg is not as big as other cities in 
Canada, so North American Mission Board doesn't support the church planters. So, so the church itself decided to support the church plants because they found the need of the church planting there for the, you know, the, the no, there's a kind of huge number of chicks are living there and all the people are keep coming and they just want to have the church. Yeah, so so they, all of the church focus on just, you know, the helping others and they have the air bouncers, nine of them. It's so big. I just helped the, I helped him to insert one air bouncer there, and they're just making the money from the air bouncers and to help the church planter, not for their themselves. And even pastors, he works hard to support church. And as Tim did, they asked me to do, pastor asked me to share the one thing. He needed some guys just come over for summer to help them doing the air bounce work. So maybe guy can make a, maybe, thousand dollars or fifteen hundred per month and stay there learn about the church plant planting and and see how how god works there you know it's great it's you know the huge you know god is really working there so if any of you guys interested in it just contact pastor vod or me so i don't know actually how it will go but that's one of these he asked me to do it to find a young guy who can just handle the you know the air bouncer it's big huge heavy so anyone have interesting just let me know and you know it's it's great and thank i really thank the school and seminary about you know the this privilege to the you know the you know, the work of god how god extend their his kingdom you know even even you know i have never about heard about winnipeg and i did never expect about the, you know the the churches of the, the multi different background different countries so a little thank and I had a good meeting with one of my friends from Korea. We've been meeting each other for seven years. So, so he was there in Winnipeg. I don't know where it is, but he was there. And <laughs> we have contact with them. And I had a meeting with them. And pastor generally helped me to meet with him. And we, I just shared some of the story of pastor. And there's so much in, in God, you know, the one minute. <laughs> so it was good. And yeah, it's good reunion from the friends from church from Korea. and. You know, just I want I just encourage you, everyone next year just go out and see how God works. It's so much different from what our expectation. Thank you. Hello. So first, I want to thank uh, Tim and the band for leading us in uh, worship. It's such a blessing to have such like good talented students to lead us in worship. That was, that was really good. Um, so for my seminary day, I went to Big Rock Baptist Church in Ogotoks, me and James uh, Onari. We had kind of an interesting, maybe a more simple kind of seminary day, especially compared to my last one. We, uh, they ha so the Big Rock is meeting in a Lutheran building and they, have, they start their service at 3.30. So I was able to go to Tapestry in the morning and then headed out um, Headed out to Big Rock in the afternoon. Didn't have to spend the night with anybody, and it was just a really good afternoon. Um, so, first, I I don't have like data on my phone, so I downloaded the map to get there, <laughs> and Google took me close to like downtown Calgary. Um, awful construction, and that was just what an experience. So I decided not to do that on the way back, um, and figured I could probably connect to Okotoks to like 22. Um, and then just head on up and, you know, it'd be great. But I, I was just going off of like what the map like said. 
Um, but you know, Dr. Don was right. Seminary day didn't kill me. I, I did make it back. Um, I was like nine o'clock on dirt roads in Alberta, but, and I, I saw a sign that said, Kananaskis country ahead. And I said, Oh, not that way, <laughs> but I made it back. So what actually happened, uh, when we were there? Well, uh, we got there about an hour early and we met with pastor, uh, Brett Thornton. And I found out afterward that he was, he had been a student here and funny enough, uh, a, Sam Augustine, I, I was on the phone with him, and he said that they were roommates in my unit, the unit that I'm in right now. So I wish I would have known that beforehand, because I don't, you know, so if I see him again, I'll definitely tell him that, because that's hilarious. But uh, we got there an hour, yeah, an hour early, and we set up, uh, or we helped the church set up and put out all the materials and made them look nice. And um, we had a banner that David gave, except it was, like, missing a pole, so it was only, like, like maybe to hear, so it's kind of funny. But no one knew, because it still looked fine. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I met, uh, Christy, I think that goes to multiply. She led the worship and it was good. And then we sat through pastor, uh, yeah, pastor Brett's sermon uh, out of, or yeah, out of Exodus. And it was really good. And me and James both gave like a five minute testimony slash seminary or yeah, seminary advertisement there at the end. Um, and, and yeah, I think it went well and we prayed, oh, we prayed beforehand with, 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 with everybody. Um, and then afterward, there was a fellowship meal that we went to, and that's kind of where we did most of our talking with, with the congregation. Um, Pastor Brett said that quite a few people were sick, but uh, a lot of people there were funny enough, like more elderly, so it's kind of funny saying uh, to all the elderly, elderly people, they should, they should come to college, you know. <laughs> but they were interested in auditing, at least, and they were interested in like online auditing, so I gave them all the information I knew and showed them the materials we brought, and that was one thing they were really excited to have was all the materials that we brought. Um, Pastor Brett was like so pumped to have updated material. He kept saying that. And, and the second thing that they were that I just kept hearing over and over again was like the connection that the that we have with them. They desired so much to have this connection with our seminary and to know that we're like in a partnership together. And our school is teaching ministers, and uh, at least you know that's the conversations that I had. And uh, so I definitely hope uh, James's story now lines up to mine. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. I was told by my teacher to have a note, whether we need it or not. Just have something on the ground. <laughs> so I might, I might not need it, but just have something in case. I want to thank God for the privilege to be together with my beloved brother, Jacob, at... Um, Big Rock Baptist Church, Pocotos. Uh, it was a wonderful experience for me. My twins, the boys, we drove down from Calgary to the place. And then the next Sunday, they told me, Daddy, we are going back to the same church we went last week. I said, it was just for seminary day. <laughs> so it's just for one day. I'm sure they must have really enjoyed the, uh, the children department class or something that really excited them there that they want to go back the next week. Well, the first thing is that... Um, we are well received by Dr. Pastor Brett, and I want to say again that he is a very, very good preacher. He preached very well, very deep, very sound, and we can see the, the footprint of this school speaking all through his ministry and speaking all through the way he delivered the message and the sermon. I was so proud of his ministry. I was so proud of his preaching, and I know that it's part of the, uh, of the input 
of Canadian Style Dampers Tea Seminary. I'm, I'm so proud of that. Secondly, I have a few things I want to say since my brother has said a lot. And the first thing is that many times people don't know that seminary is far beyond having a full-time ministry. And I think that as we go on in the course of designing programs and the curriculums and many awareness, we should know that some people are gifted who are serving in the church, that they are not called to be a full-time minister. And when I mean full-time minister, in fact, we have more, 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 more way of saying it. I mean, pulpit minister, ministry. No, we have more areas who are serving that they need the seminary. Maybe just a course, maybe just one or two, like we have the biblical interpretation we had last semester, we have something like conflict management. There are people who are Sunday school teachers who may, are not called to be a full-time pastor. That is, the school can organize program like just certificate or something to equip them because as much as, no matter the gift you have, you are better when you are trained. And in that area, they can really deliver better in their churches. I have that one strongly. We discussed with so many people and there was a, a Martin Andrew he told me, I'm not a pastor, but I want to come to the seminary. I said, it doesn't mean that you must be a pastor. It's a place for you to be trained. And the way God is being refined, the same way the grace of you or the gift of you can be refined through training. And the more, tra the more you are trained, the better you can serve God and humanity. So we discussed that one with, um, with him, and he told me that he will come around one of these days. I don't know the day. Any day, he will just step into the, uh, to the school and speak with someone, so I, I told him you can meet um, Dr. Don, you can meet um, David, and anyone. And the final one I want to say is that um, um, I, I was left to me, I was happy that we have some, at least some youth that are part of the church. I experienced a place where we have the, old, the youngest member was 85 in one of the places I went to minister, down in one of the islands in UK. And the man told me, I am 85. I don't know what will happen to this church, in the next 10 years, if I am 85 and I'm the youngest. And so when I saw some people, I encouraged them and I told them, try to use your gifts, try to use your talent to serve the Lord, even now that you still have some time. And um, it's a great privilege to meet um, Dr. Brett, and uh, we had a nice meeting. I, I will say that uh, it was a nice one. My boys were just taking everything they can lay their hand upon, and then uh, we, we got back after a few hours. I want to say thanks to the management of the school once again, for giving me the privilege to be at the um, um, seminary day. It has really impacted me in a different way. I made two, three friends that were still communicated with them even after the seminary day, and I hope that uh, we still have more opportunity before I eventually leave the seminary to be part of maybe the next year's seminary day. Thank you once again, Dr. Don, and thank you, everyone. Thank you. everybody. I get seven minutes. That's exciting. Because as my wife will tell you, if you let me, I'll talk. And I'll keep talking. I can take it. Uh, and that's why I always have my phone with me when I talk, because be seeing as some of you are grading my papers or will grade my papers, I will respect the time. Uh, and for seminary, this was actually my first seminary day. I'm not really suited for traveling. I can be a little bit of the, the nervous and the anxious sort. It had been two decades since I had been on an airplane. And when, we, when I took off out of the Calgary airport, 
and this, this is not normal for me. I was, I was deep in prayer in that moment. I'm in the hands of God. I'm in the hands of God. And I made it back. I was actually on the same plane as Alicia on the way back. Who knew? But when, uh, I'm actually going to tell you about the, the second seminary day experience I had, because I served at two, Bow Valley Baptist, uh, the week prior to seminary day, and uh, in a place called Vanderhoof, B.C., for the second one. Now, when I was first told I was going to Vanderhoof, I actually thought that Dr. Don made a sound, but it's a place. <laughs> and it's in, it's in northern B.C., where they still have six feet of snow, and I had thought that, that there was some mistake, but no, the weather was working correctly. It is still winter up there. And I got to meet two very dear servants of the Lord, uh, Pastor Ron DeMoss and Linda DeMoss, who are serving in, in, a, in a tough place, which is very important for my seminary day experience because that being the motto of this school, that's what we're hopefully going to be preparing to do is to serve in those tough places. And Vanderhoof has a lot going for it. It's a small town. There is some aspects of a vibrant faith community. There's two different Mennonite churches. There's a couple of Pentecostal churches and a few Baptists. Just a whole, there's a whole smattering, all stuffed into a small town. And their particular church, to add on top of the difficulty of sharing ground with so many other bodies, is a, it's a replant. It's a replant of a small body in a town where everybody knows each other. And the history that's existing over top of their heads is the greatest challenge that they're working against. And when they're trying to love these people, their small community, they're not just dealing with their relationships that they have now. They're dealing with things that have happened 10 or 20 years ago. And so when they, they were telling me is that sometimes they'll have a conversation with one of their parishioners and they'll, be, they'll say something or have a complaint or a concern about something and they don't know whether it happened today or 10 years ago. That is a heavy challenge to deal with. But they have such a passion for seeing God's love expressed to these people and serving in those hard places, and in being creative, and how they do so, how they reach out to these people that have so many options. It was really a sight to see, because it's, to be fair, they're not exactly the youngest folks anymore, but they're still putting their heart into it. In some ways, no, they didn't say as much, but I think when I, when I was with them, I could see some of the wear and tear uh, that they were wearing on their bodies, and maybe on their souls, and what a privilege that is. Because wherever we're going, we're not just going out there to serve so we can say nice words. And I know that we all have very nice words. But we're going out there to actually make an impact. And when we have a chance to go out and visit a church on something like Seminary Day, we're seeing what it looks like for people to do that. We're seeing our examples in a place with all of its challenges and all of its sacrifice and what that does to them and how they still press on. If, if I could have received a better testimony, I don't know what it would have looked like on a day like Seminary Day. Uh, now, that also being said, there was, a, there was a great deal of other things that happened. I was fed over and over again, which was great. Anytime you're anywhere near a Mennonite community, you're going to see some very good food. I got to sit on, on a, a banquet of sorts for a local radio station in which they're hoping to expand uh, their reach. They want to upgrade the tower so they can reach some of the, under, uh, the outlying communities. As a, just as we have morally not too far out that there's a lot of ministry activity geared towards in terms of the, uh, the native population, they have something very similar. And this is a community affair, which is just fantastic to see that the church is coming together, even outside of its local bodies into kind of its, uh, the larger piece. That is a fantastic sight to see. All the brothers and sisters all coming together for the sake of charity, for the sake of the gospel going out. Uh, I also got to visit one of their care homes which suits me just fine because that's one of my ministries I currently have now with my capstone in internship with Bow Valley Baptist and how they structured that. And they had a wonderful idea where they have some musicians 
again, from a smattering of different churches that come with live with live music to sing once a month at, the, at a couple of different places there in Vanderhoof, which is brilliant because there are folks there that were, were not just passively distasteful of the church, but actually antagonistic, but they would still come because that's what boredom does to you. It brings you places you wouldn't otherwise be. And then my short message, only five minutes or so, was an opportunity to bless them and to hopefully be, it might be the only point of contact that they're going to have with the gospel, maybe for that month. We don't know. I was also given the privilege of speaking, of course, at their small church, maybe a body of 20 to 40 people, a message on the family. And in a small town, that's going to be a big concern. That was a blessing. Uh, if someone had told me 10 years ago that in a period of two weeks I was going to speak at four places, I would have passed out. But that's a testimony to some of what the school here is doing for me, is it, it is preparing me. I do have some skills and talents that God has given me, but given if, if I'm left to my own devices, they, they won't be, I suppose you could say, purified. They won't be clarified. They won't really be brought out in the essence in which they could be. And so as my teachers who have put up with me for four years now, I can only express my thanks. Because some of these things wouldn't happen if it hadn't been for your encouragement, as well as for your teaching and your patience and the wisdom that you have. You students, you have good teachers here. You won't always cherish them while you have them and that gives me an opportunity to see now i'm at six minutes if you let me go but i have 10 minutes uh, <laughs> was the the first thing i actually got to do for seminary day was visit bow valley baptist which is my church which is great because that means i don't have to forget a whole lot of names very quickly and uh, i was given the message for that day and th there are going to be certain times and it's why if you haven't done seminary day I would really strongly encourage you to do so and keep doing it because there are going to be moments in your ministry, those of us who are geared towards full-time ministry or service in general, frankly, where there's going to be threshold moments. There's going to be those moments where when we lack rites of passage today in a formal culture, that you need to look for them. You need to find them and you need to mark them. Because I came here, the first thing I think when I, st when I stood up here four years ago was saying that I have come because Christ has put a call on my heart to preach the gospel. And I got to do that. I would have it, if any opportunity that a preacher has when they're beginning their career should start with the gospel because that's where our faith starts. And that's where our faith ultimately ends. And it was such a joy. The Bow Valley is, you know, I don't need to give you a lot of details. It's one of the local churches. Uh, it's nearing roughly about 400 on average attendance was split across two services with ministries reaching out to a whole bunch of different places. The body is diverse. You have young and old and children, people that are new in the faith, old in the faith, and probably a mix there in between. And to be able to bring just a simple message, one that's, that's touched on my heart, just being the foundation of the gospel, things are different when you cross those moments. I have now had the opportunity to speak to a family that I love, a family that I care for, that I'm serving in every week. I have had the opportunity to stand up and take the responsibility of handling God's word. And that is a terrifying thing if you consider what that means. This is the message for our betterment. This is the message for equipping the saints. And I had the privilege and the honor to do so. And while I'm not as terrified of public speaking as I used to be, uh, Cass would tell you that I was pacing in my kitchen for about four hours the night before practicing my manuscript, and I still abandoned it halfway through, both times. <laughs> But it was a very rewarding experience. 
And it's one that I'm going to remember because now it, it will probably in many ways begin to become a foundation for whatever ministry I continue to do because it is now in light of having stepped out. It's now in light of having had the opportunity to serve in that way. And I would encourage all of you to take that opportunity if you have it. There's only so many opportunities you'll have as students before you're thrown out there into the Wild West, and you're not going to have the same support that you do now. So that's what I have there for you for seminary day. Uh, God bless you all. Well, I... I uh got two functions. Uh, the first is I'm going to give a seminary report as to where I went, and then uh, I get the privilege of kind of closing us out with some thoughts uh, to, to bring our chapel to an end. Um, I went to, well, you fly into Orlando, and uh, if you think that's l lush compared to six-foot snow, well, it is, but, <laughs> but, but Orlando in February is, is really, really wet. And it's, and it's not unlike here, except it's a little warmer when it just fluctuates up and down. So I didn't go in 80-degree weather. Uh, Steve and I actually went. In, when, when we went down to, for a meeting, it was warm. But uh, when I went down, it was chilly for a Canadian. Uh, land in Orlando and drive about an hour and a half into the middle of Florida, where there's this huge lake, Okeechobee. And... The town that's there is Okeechobee, and that's where I went to speak at Mortal Life Church, Oakview Baptist Church, uh, um, Ambassadors Academy, um, and, then, and then some other things besides. I'm accustomed to traveling to places in the States where Canadians have this reputation of being very polite. Have you ever traveled and had that comment made? Uh, those Canadians actually apparently do not go to Okeechobee. The Canadians that go to Okeechobee are very rude. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, that's what, I, that's what I was told over and over again. The region of Canada that they come from, actually they treat the people of Okeechobee poorly every winter. Um, so, so actually, um, a couple of times as I started to address the crowd, I just said, I'm sorry. As, on behalf of Canadians that are embarrassed of rudeness, I'm sorry. Which is kind of a Canadian thing, though. I, afterwards, I thought, I was, you know, unpacking it, and I'm thinking, how Canadian to say I'm sorry <laughs> for something I didn't do. <laughs> Here's what I discovered. Um, top three things I discovered. We do talk about training leaders for tough places. Sometimes I, I suspect we feel like Canada is the toughest place. I think people in Okeechobee would argue with you that Okeechobee's the toughest place. It's very anti-intellectual. Um, just like everywhere else, there, there's, a, there's a rapid decline in interest in anything to do with church or the things of Christ. And so, so they're trying their dead-level best in a blue-collar area to just live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in the process, they're, they're, you know, they, they can become discouraged and... There's lostness all around them, just like there's lostness all around us. And so, you know, we're, we're training you, if God should call you, to go to Okeechobee, Florida as well, as well as Vanderhoof. You know, when, when these churches call for us to send students, maybe your first inclination is to chuckle, but, but then quickly, quickly turn your heart to prayer and say, God, is that maybe where you want me to go? 
because you know, like, there's a lot of our the leaders of our denomination actually got their start. One of them served in Vanderhoof, actually, way back 30 years ago or so. Maybe God's calling you to a place like Okeechobee, Florida. Here's the second thing that really hit me. And increasingly, when I'm speaking to young adults, late teens, young adults, somewhere along the way, I want to talk about hope for a hopeless culture. And part of the hope that I see in whatever you want to call it, next gen or gen, gen Y, uh, I gen, um, well, if you're 18 to 25, it's you. That's my kid's age, by the way. And so I want to I just speak about the potential that's wrapped up there. Like, if you're that age group, you have access to highways of relationship that my generation, unless we're really conscious about it, we're completely blind to it. You know, the social media that you get knocked so hard for. Um, there's the potential that if, a, that if revival happened on this campus right now, by tomorrow morning, news of it could be global. Bec and, it, and, it, and it's not just through social platforms, it's through gaming platforms that the word gets out. And so I was speaking about these sorts of things. And, but, but I was not, um, I'm not accustomed after those kind of events to having young adults come and like they did that night. And this is what they said. We've been talking. And if it w with the exception of our youth pastors, you're the only one of your generation that's ever saw any hope in us. And it just broke my heart because I'm thinking, what we're saying is if we don't value that generation and invest in that generation, knowing church history, that revival comes to God's church, at least in the Western Hemisphere, historically revival has swept through teenager, young adults. What we're saying is if we don't value that generation, if we don't value you, we're, we're saying, God, unless you act outside of the way you have in our history, we're saying no to revival as well. And so anyway, it was, it was wonderful. I got to, to encourage them, and, um, and I just want to say to you studying at our school, we love you, we see you, and we see incredible hope in your generation. God, I believe God will use your generation to bring revival to his church and to bring spiritual awakening to our nation that desperately needs it. And, the, and then the third thing is um, just how simple a word of encouragement can be from each one of us, no matter where we go. And that was no different in Okeechobee. A lot of times it wasn't, it wa <laughs> you, you, there's another volume of what was said. It was just simply saying, uh, somebody sees you, somebody's praying for you, and God sent an ambassador from Canada here to tell you you're not alone. And there are people who need that all over Canada as well. So I think the reality of living in North American context is, uh, is that there's an urgent need for the training that our school is seeking to, to bring into each one of our lives. So thank you for going. Um, I heard a couple of you say that you discovered new regions of Canada by having been sent. Thank you for going. Um, but I also want to say uh, you have encouraged people by going. You have allowed God access to your heart because sometimes just physically being in a place gives him the opportunity to speak where otherwise he wouldn't. And so thank you for going and allowing him access to your heart. Thank you for taking the call seriously that um, there is a word that God may have me bring to this congregation. And so you prayed and you prepared. And even though the road 
apparently was meandering at times. You got there and you shared the good word. And thank you for your heart that I heard here this morning saying that, you know what, it's not, it's for everybody who wants to be trained. That was such a good word. I, you know, that, that could be a promo campaign right there. That we, we want to train everybody in our churches. And so thank you for going. Um, so now to, to close. As I've been thinking about seminary day, it's, it's been overlapped with a few realities in my life. So I was leaving Florida. I was at the airport preparing to board a plane and got a call from my younger sister to say her husband's sister had just been diagnosed with cancer. She, the week before, had, uh, had difficulty keeping food down and finally decided, i got to go to the doctor. And when she went to the doctor, she found out she was just, in t- just full of cancer. And so just think about seminary day was March 1st. She died this morning, just like that. I landed after, after that flight. I landed just two hours later and, and started getting texts that a dear friend of mine had had a heart attack. In the last month and a bit, two of our donors who were active coming out of Christmas have passed away suddenly, and we've got sympathy cards now being prepared to send to their, their widows. And then overlapping that is this, this, this whole fear around the, the coronavirus. And if I could just take an aside for a second, uh, you know, I've been asked, what's your school going to do? We're going to encourage you to do what you have been doing. Wash your hands. Use disinfectant. If you're sick, don't come to class. We're going we're gonna to do whatever we need to do to make sure you can join us remotely. Don't, 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 don't feel pressured to leave your home. Stay there. But, um, but what I see is this, this fear. I, but what I feel right now is, is a sobering sense of mortality. And Paul says in first, sorry, Peter says in First Peter 4, starting in verse 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, Because the end is near, above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sin. Offer hospitality to one one another without grumbling. And each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves... He should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I, uh, I know that I get made fun of because at the beginning of a school year, I tell you how quick it's going to go. And at Christmas, I remind you we're halfway through already. And at May, I'm going to say it in May, another year is gone. But listen, like our time, by any measure, our time is limited. And even if, you know, despite my attempts to stockpile toilet paper and bottled water, even if I survive coronavirus, which is entirely likely. But but God may choose to say that's the mechanism I'm going to use to bring you to glory. But by any measure, our time here is brief. So for those of you who sensed God saying, use a fraction, a sliver of your time to go on seminary, I, I, I commend you. 
and I would say look for more opportunities to do that. They may not be as formal as seminary day, but don't squander these days. Use the gifts God's given you for the praise of Jesus Christ and for the good of his people. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for the reports. We're only halfway through, but what a testimony to what you've accomplished in and through your servants who we're pleased and honored to have as your students here at the Canadian Southern Baptist Seminary and College. Some of the fruit of their labor has been obvious to them, but much of it is hidden, and they will not know, maybe this side of glory, how you chose to use them in those settings to bring glory to yourself and good to your people and to bring lost into your kingdom. So we say for the things we know and the many things we don't, praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.